Let me just tell you quickly how I came to this shir. The Rosh Hashiva of Blau asked me to give a shir klali. I'm deeply honored and deeply privileged. And I started thinking about the time of the year, what we're going to speak about, and I thought about maybe we'll talk about issues regarding Arba meaning the four species, maybe regarding the Kedusha of the four species. And I came to the conclusion as I sort of started to prepare it, and this happens often, I sort of go into a different direction and I sort of became engrossed in this Indian. And so we're not going to speak about that specific issue, although it's slightly related, and you're going to see in a moment how. Um, in, the year of, in the year 2005, uh, here in Israel, in the summer of 2005, it was a very, very difficult summer. You were, bo- were you born in 2005? Yeah. How old were you? One? Yeah. All right. Just a second. In the year of your birth, in 2005, there was a, an event that took place in Israel that was, theologically speaking, incredibly impactful on a significant part of the community here in Israel, of the Tzibu, especially the national religious, religious Zionist community. And that was that until 2005, from the year 1967, Israel had a military presence in Aza, and we had developed along the border of Aza a string of villages and towns with yeshivot and batei knesset and it had been there for a long time already there had been three generations there had been grandparents, parents and children now the reason I'm telling you this is because in 2005 a decision was made not a two-sided decision but a decision was made by the Israeli government to simply pull out of Aza dismantle all the Jewish presence along that border. This is very personal to me because our son served on that border. Givati is the unit that covers the south, and therefore they are the unit that covers that border uh, of Israel with Aza. They set up a border, dismantled everything Jewish within the context of that border, within the presence of that border, Amongst those things was not just homes, houses, hotels, post offices, stores, malls, but also Bate Knesset, Bate Midrashot, houses of learning, and Yeshivot. There were Yeshivot there and Kolini, and they were dismantled. And the scenes that were seen were heart rendering, heartbreaking, really. It was very difficult. Didn't matter which side of the political uh, of the political landscape you were on. This was really difficult. You saw the people that lived there simply went into the Batek Knesset and into the Batek Midrash. They barricaded the door and announced, "We're not leaving." The government gave an instruction to the soldiers, to the IDF, to go in and, in some cases, forcibly remove them. And there were. It was really heartrending. You saw soldiers doing it. 
and then breaking down into tears and really feeling the feeling was was really really harsh some of the scenes were in some senses beautiful i remember seeing a scene where it was like a mincha and on top of a of a roof of a building there were about eight or seven uh, uh, men who were lived in that area and they were they said we're not leaving and at the bottom were the soldiers from soldiers and they, they stopped sort of the, the dialogue to that minute. And they joined in a minute. And then afterwards, again, the soldiers are trying to get them down. It was really complicated. It was a really difficult, really difficult summer. That was a really difficult uh, uh, experience. One of the things that happened, and, um, and that sort of brought this specific aspect to the, to the forefront, was that the government pulled back, destroyed all the buildings, <coughs> destroyed all the homes and all the houses, but left all the synagogues, all the batemidrash, and all the yeshivot. They removed all the sifrei Torah, they removed all the books, but the buildings, the structures themselves, were left. And what happened afterwards was a spectacle for all the world to see. The Palestinian Authority, or wherever it was afterwards, when they went in to, to take over that area, they destroyed and blew up the Batei Knesset, the synagogues, and they celebrated basically dancing on the ruins of our holy places. It was a very difficult experience. The question that led one to the other, or sort of the question that was asked then at that point, was the following question, but this leads us to an inherent issue of halacha, and it's inherent to understanding where we are now in the base medrash. How do we relate to the base medrash that we're in? How do we relate to the Iratika, to the old city, to the Rova, and the fact that we are a few steps away from the Kotel Amalavi, and the fact that we can see from the roof of this yeshiva, Makom Amikdash, the Temple Mount itself. And even Makom Harabait, possibly. I'm sure I could see the Chayl and the Sorek, but if I stood sort of on the corner, possibly I could see even further in. Um, let's start by going to source number one. Bear with me, let's go through the sources. We don't have a lot of time, so let's go through the source number one. Source number one on the Psukim in the Torah, in Parshat Re'eh. It's the source for this halacha. I'm going to go quickly to the last Pasuk, the last two Psukim, Pasuk Gimel. This is an instruction that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Am Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is instructing the Jewish people, as you enter into Eretz Yisrael, the nations in Eretz Yisrael are of the Avoid Zorah. These are people who worship idols. They're pagans. This is the instruction. You are to destroy their altars. And you are to destroy their edifices. And the trees that they use for Avoid Zorah to Srifun Ba'esh. You should set fire to upsilei Eloheim and their graven images to Gadayun. You should uproot v'ibadatem et shmam in hamakomahu, and you will eradicate their name from that place. Then comes the next pasuk, which is the source of everything we're going to learn at the moment, and that is lotasun ken l'ashem lokechem. You should not behave thus towards the Lord your God. Now, very briefly. The Sifrei, the Medrash, and it's interesting that it comes from a Medrash, although there's a source in the Gemara as well, which we might touch upon. But the Medrash here, but it's a Halachic Medrash, learns from here that this applies very significantly 
not only when it says, Asun Ken, Lashem Elokeichem, you should not do so to the Lord your God, it means you should not do so to the holy places of the Lord your God, but also where the name of Hashem appears. So in other words, there is a tzivui, there seems to be an explicit mitzvah lotaseh, an explicit isu doraita, biblical prohibition, bear with me, to destroy any of the names of Hashem which should not be erased. There is an explicit isu doraita to then remove or chop off or lob off any part of the altar, the mizbachot, the altars, that were set out in order to make sacrifices to Hashem. Okay? And that is as far, more or less, as far as the Medrash goes. Now, all the Rishonim, every single Posek, accepts this Medrash as Aloch Lamaitha. Now, there is also a Gemara in Megillah that speaks about stages, as far as the synagogue, the Knesset is concerned, of stages of Kedusha. But we, we might touch upon that, but I'm not sure we'll get there. We're running a little bit short of time. Now, the issue is the following. Bear with me, because there's a machlokis rishonim that I want to get through. And that's really where the crux of this entire matter lies. Now, the Rambam wrote a, several works. The Rambam wrote a book called Sefer HaMitzvot. In the Sefer HaMitzvot, the Rambam sets out, as far as he is concerned, what the order of the mitzvahs are. Mitzvot Aseh, the positive mitzvahs, and the mitzvot Lot Aseh, and the negative mitzvahs. And he includes everything within, and he categorizes everything within and in a concise manner, but within the context of of positive and negative. But... Before he does that, he has a list. And on that list, there is a list of the mitzvot as he's going to set them out. He elaborates it on it later, but he gives you a long, lengthy list. If you turn to, it's only because I had to like take a picture, I'm not very good at this. I had to like take a picture and, like, uh, and then put it into the source sheet. Rablau is really good at this. I'm not very good at this. I'm going to ask Rablau to help me next time. But if you turn to source, and it's actually appeared twice, if you go to the last source, source number 12. Chaim, it could be worse. Rabini is still cutting and pasting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I find that easier, by the way. Cutting and pasting for me, great. Now, you don't like that, but all right. Look, look at source number 12. This is called the Minyana Katsal, the shorter list before he goes into the lengthy list. And look at where it says Mitzvah Samech Hey, Mitzvah 65. Look what he says. The Mitzvah is Shelola Abed Beit HaMikdash. We are forbidden to destroy the Temple. Or, look at what he says. Or Batei Knesiot, or Synagogue. Or Batei Midrashot, or a base Medrash. And, v'chein, so too, ein mochkim t'ashemot ha-mekudashim, we don't erase the holy names, v'ein ma'abdim et kitzah kodesh, and also you're not allowed to destroy the holy writings. As it says, sh'neemar, abed ta'abdum, etc., that's our posuk, v'ashreim t'esrefun, etc., lo ta'asun ken, 
Lashem Elokeichem. This you must not do to the Lord your God. So the Rabbam sets out his source, which is the pasuk that we just learned in Parshat Re'eh. But the Rambam adds on to the Sifrei an addition. What's the addition? That this mitzvah lota say is an isu doraita, is a biblical prohibition. Not only does it apply to the base of Migdash and the altars, but also to a bit Knesset and a base Medrash. That doesn't appear in the original Sifrei. He extends that. Now it's very possible that the reason he extends that is very logical. Why is that the case? Well, we have a Gemara in Megillah that states quite explicitly that all the Batei Knesset, every synagogue, has the status of a lesser temple, a Mikdash Me'at. And since the Sifre extends it to a temple, therefore it makes sense. That it, you understand the logic of the Rambam? Therefore it makes sense that it would extend to a Beit Knesset, to a Beit Midrash. Why? Because we no longer have a temple, but we treat our synagogues, we treat our houses of learning as lesser temples. And since this applies to a temple, it's an Isodot. So, for example, according to the Rambam, this is just Pshat. According to the Rambam, Gavri gets annoyed with what I just said, and he punches a hole in the wall. He must be very strong, Gavri. Right? He punches a hole in the wall. What does that mean? It means that Gavri's transgressed an Isodoraita. Because he's destroyed, God forbid, I'm only giving you an example. Because he's destroyed, he's taken an action of destruction in a holy place, according to the Shita of the Rambam. You all with me? Now, it could very well be that this Rambam, and he holds like this, you're going to see in a second, I need to follow the Rambam, because the Rambam is a little bit complicated here. We'll take questions at the end, only because I don't have a lot of time. Write it down so you don't forget. Okay? It could be that the Rambam is following the Shita of the Irene. The Irem is an early, early Rishon. He is authoritative. And the Irem says, and this is in source number three, the Irem says the following. Look at source number three. And if you turn the page, I've actually underlined the part that you really need to know. You can learn the rest of the source on your own time. The Matsimu, Beta Knesset, the Beta Midrash. And we found that the synagogue and the base medrash are called Mikdash because we learned in Torah Kohanim, in the book of Aikra, in the medrash, Vasimotik Mikdashechem, Mekadesh Mikdashem Mikdashechem. I have placed my name on your temples and I have sanctified your places of sanctity. Lerabor, this is in order to include, says the Ereim, Batei Knesiot Ubatei Midrashot. So according to the Yireim, the synagogues and the houses of learning are included in the Kedusha of the Beit HaMikdash. Minat Torah. Listen carefully. That means that Minat Torah, there is a sanctity in every Beit Knesset and in every Beit Medrash. And to do damage to a Beit Knesset, or to a base medrash, or to treat it with disrespect, would be a contravention of what? Of an Isidore Weiss. That's the Shita of the Yireim, and that's the Shita of the Rambam when he sets out his headline. Except that 
When the Rambam writes the mitzvah itself, look at source number two, he omits the Knesset and Beit Midrash. Look at source number two, Sefer HaMitzvot. Here's the mitzvah itself. Source number two. Shehiziranu minetotz umabed batei avodat hakel. We have been warned from destroying or damaging the houses of worship of our Lord. Umabed sifrei revoa, or to damage the books of the prophets. Shalonim chokta shemot anichpadim vadomelaze, that we should not erase the holy names or anything similar to that. And this is velashona zarabaze, and this is a warning. And the inyan, the issue is that we're not supposed to do it. That's our apostle. And after he told this tzivui that we're forbidden to destroy the names, we're forbidden to destroy his name or destroy its houses or our altars, we are warned not to do so to the Lord our God. Okay, now, anybody who did transgress this, Kegon, for example, listen carefully, he destroyed something from the temple, from the altar, anything like that, or, or, or he erased one of the names of Hashem, he receives lashes, which means it's a love, he transgressed a love, it's a lot of said, what's missing? The Rambam excludes it. Now it's possible to say, just again, write it down so you don't forget. I'll take questions at the end. It's possible to say in the Shita of the Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvot that it's possible to say that the Rambam doesn't exclude it because he says the words Vahadumerze and similar to this. But nonetheless, the Rambam leaves that out. And the question is, why does he leave that out? Okay? That's going to be the question that we're faced with in Sefer HaMitzvot. Now in the Mishneh Torah, he leaves it out, Beshita. Look at... Yeah. Can I exceed my mandate for one second? I'm not sure. I'll, I'll do it. You can ignore me. I, I suggest at some point in the middle you stop for questions. Okay. So just all, right. Okay. all right. All right. All right. I just want to get through this point. I fully understood where you're coming from. I just want to get through this point. Go to source number six. Okay, Mishneh Torah. Here's the Rambam in the Mishneh Torah. Look at what he says. He who destroys even one stone in a destructive manner from the altar or from the Heichal or from the, from the structure of the Beis Amigdash or from any other part of the Azara or from any other part of the outer buildings of the Beis Amigdash receives lashes. Doesn't say at all there that this refers to a Bet Knesset or a Bet Midrash and it doesn't say that Gavri doesn't say the Hadomelizim. Chuck, if you turn towards me that will be helpful. And it doesn't say that Donelaze and similar. So, what's the issue here? How does the Rambam hold? We know what the Yureim holds. He holds it. Anisudoraita. But what does the Rambam hold? We're going to talk about two other Rishonim in a second. But out of deference to the Rosh Hashiva, we'll take questions now. Yes, but keep the questions in Yani because we don't have a lot of time. Who was first? I know everyone's putting up their hands, but who was first? Just right. a second. Right. Yes. What was it? Um, yes, I was just wondering, 
wondering what constitutes uh, maybe Josh, because like let's say I take everything out of here, take all the books, all the sacred Torahs, does it still have Kedusha of a Beit Midrash, that's a really good question. You mean you take it out after and you don't use it? Right now, I'm saying I take out all and you don't use it as a place of prayer or learning anymore? A Beit Midrash is defined as a place of learning, Torah learning. But a Kavua place of Torah learning. A Beit Knesset is a place of Tfilah, but Kavua, permanent Tfilah. That means that's where people congregate to Dava. We're going to talk about, you've asked a good question, and you'll see that there's a nafkamina, that means there is a, a important delineation in the Rishonim based on what you've asked. Yeah, uh, who was next? Mr. Uh, Sam. Go ahead. Um, we'll come to you in a second. Also, it says in the Sanctuary Mitzvah, it says, where do you see that? No, that, that's referring to Avodazor. The Tzivu is to destroy houses of Avodazor. The question then is the Pasuk at the end that warns us, this must not be done to the Lord your God. Which is then discussed as to how far that extends. Everybody agrees, by the way, that it extends to the base of Megiddo. Everybody agrees that it extends to the Mizbeah. No Rishonim learn it differently. The only question is that is it, does it extend, or how far it extends, to a Bit Knesset and to a base Medrash? Okay? Yes? Could you also take it to extreme and say it applies even to our homes? Because our homes, you put up as results, which kind of like is, is a fish of, of, of the reason that. That the homes are just first as holy as the Bata Midrash showed, the Bata And the fact is that we also learn Dab in our homes. If you're very, very holy and you sit and learn a lot in your home, and you sit in the place of learning and davening, Yechol Maudliot, it's very possible, yes? Uh, it just says that if you disrespect any part of the place, maybe you should do it no, it's referring to being. It's it's referring to destructive behavior. This is referring to physical destruction. Yeah. You mean a Beit Midrash? If the library is a Beit Midrash, yeah. If they sit and learn there permanently, in our library they do sit there learning permanently. Yes. Um, it talks about also, not here, but uh, you know, in terms of selling a shul and how you have to sell it as a courtyard, um, knowing that it's going to be destroyed, you know, so that way you have to sell Okay, that's going to be, that, that halacha is going to be extended from the principles that we learn here. How do you sell a shul? Let's say, that, you know what, a shul is built in an area, happens a lot. A shul is built in an area, it's very sad, the Jews move away, there's nobody there anymore to keep a minion going. They take the Sifre Torah, they take whatever they can, they move it over to... Happens a lot. Nachon, the Jews move around. It goes to a neighborhood where all the Jews have gone to. Happens in Manchester, in London, in New York, uh, in New Jersey. They move around. And then what do you do with the Beit Knesset? They need to sell it. Somebody comes along and he says, I want to buy it, I want to turn it into a nightclub. Are you allowed to sell it? Yeah, maybe sell it as a courtyard. Yeah. It's 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 but I'm saying, how does that work in no way that you sell it? Yeah. Even though you sell it as a courtyard to defeat this purpose, but how does that work though, knowing we'll that? We'll see in a second. Please. I'm coming to you now. So you say it's a different.
this function of the Mishra Torah and the function of the Sefer Mitzvot is like, this is in Hilkos Yisodeh Torah, so maybe he may be trying to make more of a Machshavah point about the importance of the base of Mitzvot. You're right. So the Sefer Mitzvot, he's trying to be like more specific about, you know, how far does that cover, whereas Yisodeh Torah, he's just saying like, the base of Mitzvot is our holy place, like that's important, and so he doesn't include like Batsay Pismiyot and Batsay Medrash, because like, that's not the point he's necessarily trying to make in Yisodeh. As opposed to say for a mitzvah. Good point. Um, Mishnah Torah is still authoritative. No. And even Ilchot Yisodea Torah is still authoritative. It's set out as halacha. It's not set out as, I know that we use it as the basis of Ashkofa, but it's not meant as a Ashkofa book. It's meant to be halacha, how you're meant to behave and how you're meant to think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, it's not that. Yisodea Torah, halachically speaking, as far as learning. As levels in the Rambam is still more authoritative than the Sefer Mitzvot. Okay, good point. But it's a good point. Uh, yes, Yonadav? Very good point. There's going to be an Afkamina based on the principles that we're going to learn here. If we do, hopefully we'll get to the Shulchan Aruch and the Rama and see how the Allah that works. Yes? Um, why did the government make the move? All right, that's a different question. They, no, that's a really good question. The, the decision of the government, right or wrong, was based on policy. The idea was that there was a lot of effort put in. It was, a, it was very costly. It was, a, was it right? People look back now, a lot of people argue it was the wrong thing to do. At the time, they felt it was the right thing to do. It was very controversial. It was one-sided. Nothing was given in return, but that's another issue. But that's a political issue for another time. Now we've gone into the halacha of it. Was it the right thing to do halachically? To lead? That's sort of the launch into it. But now we're talking about the principle that has massive ramifications. Not just for that, but it has massive ramifications. If you're in a shul and you want to, for example, make an extension. All right, there's 300 boys coming next year. Where do we put them? We need to extend it. Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> no? Right, okay, let's... Are you allowed to do that? What happens? I'm going to break down a wall. Ha, I'm allowed to do that? I'm not allowed to. So this is the right to break down a, law, a wall. All right, let's continue. Let's continue because we have quite a bit to get through. Come on. There is a shita, and I'm running out of time. There is a shita, because I was told an I, hour. I'm sorry. I hope, you don't, I hope you don't regret my pedagogical suggestion. Okay. <laughs> I was... I would never regret your memory. Yeah, you forget. That's a show of I've got to tell you, um, the run in, in the Rif, on the Arif in Megillah, brings his shita and a unique shita of the Ramban. Listen carefully, because there's a huge nafkamina here. According to the run, there is a Kedusha that is specifically attached to a Bet Knesset Jojo and a... Oh, you're listening. I'm really proud of you. Basically, you should get a badge, right? But it's a Drabon. And Doraita, that is not the case. Now, in the Rambam, in Data Rambam, we have a chiluk between two positions. Position number one in Sefer HaMitzvot, at least according to what we said in the, in the Minyan, in the setting out the headlines, 
is that he holds like the Yerein, that there is an Isur Doraita. According to his Shita in the Mishnah Torah, he doesn't disagree with Iran because he would hold, Rabbeinu Nisim, because he would hold that it's a Isud Rabbonon as well. Except, Doraita, there's no Isu. But the Ramban says, and he brings this Shita in the Ramban, listen to a Ramban. Used to call the Ramban Bechir Arishonim. Am I right? Used to call him, that's a play on words of the Gemara on Avot. Yaakov Avinu is Bechir Avot. The Ramban Bechir Arishonim. Listen carefully. The Ramban holds that a Ketusha of a Bet Knesset, and this is where I came to this ship, is Tashmish Mitzvah. That means that a synagogue or a Beit Midrash, and this will answer the question that was asked just now, is only inherent, or its Kedusha is only there as long as it's used as a Beit Knesset or a Beit Midrash. The minute you leave, it's just a building. And according to the Ramban, you can sell it for a news. Technically. It doesn't mean that you're not chayev, that you're not obligated to show it respect. Moran kavod. It's Gemara in Megillah. The Gemara in Megillah asks like this. A Beit Knesset, a synagogue, is built. This is the sheet of the Gemara. Hang on. Of the, I'll stop in a few minutes to take more questions. Sheet of the Gemara is that all the synagogues in the world, or in Bavel at least, were built with a Tznai. What's the Tznai? The Tznai is that when they leave, it can be sold for any purpose. There is a distinction in the Gemara, and that is that in Eretz Yisrael, that's not the case. In Eretz Yisrael, Batei Knesset are not built with any Tznai, with any condition. And therefore, according to that Gemara, you have a big problem, according to the Rambam, You'd have it sitting in Sefer HaMitzvot and sitting in the Minyan, according to the Ran, Vadai according to the Yireim, but according to the Ramban, even according to that Shita, you wouldn't. Why? Because the minute you stop using it, the Kedusha stops. For example, and here it brings us to Sukkot, an Esrig. An Esrig is so usual. I'll tell you what, when you go to buy an Esrig, this year will be less like this, because this year... All the Israelis that are Oitzah based in, they're selling them in boxes, they don't let you look. But you can go to an Arba Mini market and you see people looking at these Israelis with magnifying glasses and they're turning it around to see if there's any spots on them. Israelis go for thousands of dollars if it's a beautiful Israel. Come, somebody once went to Rosh Yeshiva, somebody went once to a Rosh Yeshiva, I won't say which Rosh Yeshiva of Blau, and he asked him, he went on a shidduch, and the Rosh Hashiva said to him, no. He said, I'm not so sure. He said, why not? He said, Hiloyafa, she's not beautiful. He said, no, she doesn't need to be. She's not an estrog. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I've never seen this Rosh Hashiva's family. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I wouldn't say this. If I wasn't our Rosh Hashiva. But I've got to tell you something. When it comes to an estrog, what do you do with an estrog after Yontif? You use it. You make it into jam. You make it into jelly. What do you call it? Jelly. How do you make it? You cook it up. 
Nahan, you call it jelly? Nahan, jelly. You make it into jelly. You have, or sometimes there are people who bite the tip off. How can you do that? Hang on, if it's holy. What, you don't want to bite the tip off the eshel? They bite the tip off, hang on. It's a school of sometimes, whatever. Yeah, Hasidus here, they love it. You can ask them about Hasidus. Chevre, how can you do that to an eshel? Just a few hours ago, or a few days ago, a couple of days ago, you were using it, in, you know, with such heiliger kedusha. All of a sudden, because the minute you stop using it, the kedusha goes away. The same thing is with tzitzis. Same thing with tzitzis. Tzitzis is a magnificent mitzvah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. It's a mitzvah that protects you. If you knew the kedusha of tzitzis, you'd never take them off. I'm telling you now. It's a shmirah that you can't believe how holy tzitzes are. What happens when tzitzes become invalid? You, no, you, put, you put them out. Some people use them as like book, you know, like book, uh, you know, to keep their place. I'm not sure what books they read, but you know. <laughs> but how many, how many, you know, how many tzitzes can you use in how many books? You have to read a lot of books. But that's it. You finish using it, the Kedusha ebbs, goes away. According to the Ramban, that is the Kedusha of a Beit Knesset. According to the sheet of the Ramban, that is the Kedusha of a Beit Medrash, okay? Clear enough? So we are, we are clear in the Shittas of the Rishonim. We're going to take questions as I as, as soon as I make a Sikum. Rambam, the sheet of the Yireim, and the Rambam in, the, in his headlines is, it's a Nisugo writer. The Shita, probably, of the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah and the Ran, it's an Isra the Rabbon. According to the Rambam, it's not an Isra at all. Because it's a Tashmish Mitzvah. Fair enough? Is that clear? I mean, is that clear? Hang on, just on the issues, is that clear? Good. Question. Who put that up? There was a question there. I don't know if it's the same thing. I always feel bad for the guys that sit down there, by the way, yeah. I don't know if it's the same thing, but, you know, you consider we don't use hard body like we don't use it anymore. We're not there in the seat. No, 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 the Absolutely. issue of, and uh, maybe Rav Lav Rosh Hashiva will talk about the issues of Makom Amikdash. I'm sure he doesn't want to, but he might. And if you ask him nicely, he'll give you a shir klali on it. Yes. Does anybody, does anybody believe that destroying the Beit Hamikdash would constitute a Bodhisattva? No. So then you no, could, but it's a Nisul Dolaita, what I say. So you could theoretically argue about the Kuat Nefesh by by the ruling of Shibir on the basis of Bitma, and I said, even though you know it's going to be destroyed. Okay, but that's already another issue. That's going to be, a, that, that, for that you need a POSEC who's going to assess, if you attend my POSEC in the 20th century, I'll show you how they work the values out. They have an issue of Pikuach Nefesh, we're actually doing that now. And on the other hand, you have an issue of Moramik Dash. But the decision was made not to destroy the Batek Neset, not to destroy the Batek Nefesh, uh, and there was a price to pay for it. They weren't going to keep them. Um, so, if the status of Kedusha comes from use case, then why are all Svarim Geniza? Could be argued that somebody using a Chumash or a Gemara to spread hate, that Chumash or no, because ma, No, because the Shemot Akdoshim, there's no question of God. The Shemot Sheinanim Hakim, there's a category of names of Hashem that are not to be erased. 
That falls into an Isidor later, according to everyone, because it's explicitly stated. But the Rambam adds on, because he learns according to the Yerim, that the Yerim seems to understand it's an extension of the Mikdash. That's how he learns it. That's the distinction. Hang on, let's get but, come, but, but it won't refer to, to names. Okay? Names isn't part of it. Yes? Um, you said that like once people like leave the image of that then you'd be allowed, I guess, to destroy it because people Once they move away, yeah, it's gone. Yeah? But, According to the number. Yeah, but is there like a, maybe a prohibition of just like sending people away from the image like abandoning any image of There's no pro. Well, we don't abandon it, it sort of just happens. If you have a shul, you have shuls, you have neighborhoods in places, they're humming. And then 30, 40 years later, you know, they barely catch a minion. You know? Uh, yes? So, what, what, so, two quick questions. So, what was the source for the Mikdash now? That, that, that a shul is Mikdash now? That's a Gemara in Megillah. So, how would you explain Ramban's, Ramban's Tasha to Kedusha? And you say that, if you say that, I think that's it, it's a Mikdash now from the Gemara. He good good. The Ramban doesn't hold that it extends to a mikdash me'at, and I'll tell you why. Because the Ramban doesn't. First of all, it's not learned in the Psukim, and secondly, the Ramban might hold might hold that even if that is the case, once you leave, it's still tashmish mitzvah. As far as Bet Knesset is concerned. So Ramban wouldn't add it on. What's the second question? Yeah, so the second, even with the tzitzis example that you mentioned, we still have certain hugging bag when we throw out strings from tzitzis. Needs to be done respectfully. Okay, it needs to be done respectfully, but you can but you can still do so. You still get you still get rid put it put it in the garbage. But do you have like certain hugging like similar to that with Bet Knesset? Yes. What, you pick up the shoe and put it no, in the bag? No, the Sifrei Torah are removed. Right. You're not allowed to throw it. Chas no, the building, I mean, the building is a bit... The problem with the building is it's not movable. Right. You move everything out the building, nothing is left. Okay? Yes. Uh, Ramban's on the other side. And in, in the example that you gave where we knew that the Palestinians were going to destroy the... Oh, so that would have been the dilemma. The dilemma was, should we have done it in a... It's a really, really good question. The question that was posed to the poskim at the time was, should we have done it? And I'll tell you who those poskim are if we get to it. Um, uh, should we have done it ourselves? And at least then we do it in a respectful manner. Or... Is there so many surim involved and it's such a concern that we just, we don't do it and we leave it for, a, you know, we leave it for the Gentiles to do it. That's how they paskened in the end. They destroyed everything else, it's just that they left. The question is why? Um, just keep in mind that we've got, I don't want to keep you here like till 1.30. That wouldn't be right, Nachon. Nachon? Yes, Quincy, hang on. Yes. Let's take people who didn't have a chance here, yes. That you can hold it, it's a Rabbanan, do you think you're claiming there's some sort of Kedusha of the Rabbanan? So there might be qualitatively different Kedusha at this stage. There is qualitatively different Kedusha. You could still hold that there may be some Kedusha, which is so qualitatively different from the writer, that it's a really, really good question. It's a Gemorian Megillah. The Gemorian Megillah sets out certain things that you can do with certain things. So for example, let me give you an example. Can you make... Tfilin Shoyad from a Tfilin Shorosh. It's a good question, Nachon. Can you make Tfilin Shoyad from a Tfilin Shorosh? No, we have a concept of Ma'alim B'Kedusha. You're only allowed to ascend in Kedusha, but not descend. And the same thing replies to things 
that have a Kedusha attached to it, but they are Kedusha the Rabbanan. But that's another, that's a really good issue. What is Kedusha the Rabbanan? That's another issue. The Rav Blau is going to address in the Shil Klali. Yes. Mm. I'm, I'm giving you a list. Because the Parshim seems to be dealing with the actual act of destroying or damaging the Josh. What is it about Grubba? Like, it's by the heating. Okay, that's a, yeah, the, the Poskim do deal with that. We're going to get in a second to, to an, Af- an Afkamina Sadia. That's a really good question. Yes? You've already asked. Hang on, yes. I think it was a Dave that brought up to, like, think about, like, oh, destroying ourselves. Um, so, isn't that someone's, like, a Masada situation? The Masada, no, Masada situation was 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 ritual suicide. The, you know, that's another question, but but it is a good question. It's not the same. It's not lahavdu. Uh, okay, do you want to? Is it really essential? Go ahead. Quick question, just like like according to the Rambam, even when it touches mitzvah, right? Like destroying while it's in use, would that be direct or bananas? I, I, I guess. Oh. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Next question? No. Um, according to the Ramban, Bishat Tashmish, if there is a desecration done in the Bet Knesset, would it be Drabonon or Doraita? According to the Ramban, it seems, and this is the dichotomy in the Ramban, there would be an issue Doraita. Only the Ramban seems to be able to do that kind of thing. Or whilst it's being used. But the minute it's not being... Now, here's the issue. That's what it seems to be. Except that logically, the Ramban's shita couldn't follow like that. Why not? Because the Ramban held that there is no Kedusha in a Bet Knesset. That the Kedusha is not Doraita, because then damaging it would be an Isu Doraita. The Kedusha is not the Rabbonon, because damaging it would be an Isu Rabbonon. The Isu is damaging a Tashmish mitzvah, something that is usable for a mitzvah, now the question we need to ask is, what's the kedusha of a tashmish mitzvah? Whilst it's being used for a mitzvah, like an estrog, is an isodoraita. That's how, but it, logically it should have been a drabonon, or possibly not at all. Okay, let's continue, let's con- but that's, in bra- that's a really good question. Now listen to this. Um, one of the great posti, the Balchonon Spector, was the Rav of Kovna, Nahon? was the Rav of Kovna. He wrote a responsive called Ein Yitzchak. He was the Gdolador in his day, pre-war. And he learns the Rambam in the following way. He holds that the Rambam changed his mind. That initially the Rambam held, I couldn't say that, but he does, they initially, when the Rambam wrote his Sefer HaMitzvahs, he held like the Yerein. But then when he wrote the Mishneh Torah, which was later on, he already changed his mind, and he held that it didn't extend to Batei Knesset on a Doraita level. But even according to that Svara, it's still La Rambam and Isur the Rabbonon. La Rambam. The Rambam holds... It was a Tashmish Mitzvah. Now, let me just tell you very briefly the following. Let's look at source number uh, um, source number 10. Turn to source number 10. It's on the last page. This is the Shulchan Or. We're going to skip the Shulchan Or, the Mechadim. Not because it's not important, because what I want to show you is Dafka in the Ramah. The Ramah I've underlined, and the Ramah writes the following. Va'asur 
It is prohibited to damage or destroy anything in a Beit Knesset, unless he does so, unless he's doing it in order to build. Oh, so I'm allowed to knock down a wall according to the Ramon if I'm going to build an extension. Now the distinction is in the intent, in the kavon. If somebody has a kavona intent which is zdonit, which is destructive, that's an isodoraita. If his intent is not destructive but rather constructive, that's not an issue at all. It might even be a positive thing. He's extending a bit. So you're allowed to extend a bit. Otherwise, if you brought in a builder, how could you do that? A builder wouldn't be able to extend with Kerestetul. All right, that seems to be. Where does he learn it from, the Ramor? So the Ramor learns it from um, the, the Primagadim. Primagadim is one of the famous commentators, not say came to the tool, to the Shulchanor. And the Primagadim says that he's Mesupa. Now listen to this. He's not clear whether it is a Drabonon or a Doraita. What's the Nafkamina? Who cares? It's, who cares? My Have Havile, what difference does it make if it's an Isu Drabonon or if it's an Isu Doraita? You're still going to burn. You're going to cook, either way. I transgressed an Isu Drabonon. You think they. So Hashem will say, no, it's also an Isu Drabonon. What, you think it makes a difference? It's only a drabon. What do you mean, it's only a drabon? What do you mean? What? Makes no name. There's no difference. You know what the difference is? Somebody who is either on an Isodoraita is posuleidus. Somebody who transgresses a biblical prohibition can't testify in court. You can't trust his testimony. That makes a big difference. Okay? In practical terms. So according to the Shita, it's an Isu. But what, whether it's a Doraita or a Drabonon depends on whether or not, it makes a big nafkim, whether or not we're going to accept that person into, into court to give edus. Now, you're all going to say, Rav Chaim, what happened at the end? So... The Rav Rashi Yisrael, the former Rav Rashi at that stage, Zechat Sakivocha, was a Rav Avram Kahana Shapira. He was the Rosh Yeshiva of Merkaz Arav. He wrote a shuva based on all these opinions in which he quotes the Prima Godim. He quotes the Ramon and he says the following, and I'm paraphrasing. Chas v'shalem, any soldier should break down a door or a window of a Beit Knesset to go and get those inside. They need to refuse orders. Because it's an Isu, Doraita, according to the Yireim, and the Shitato in his Shita, even if it's not, it's a Safek Doraita. Even a Safek Doraita, you're not allowed to transgress. Of course not. Now, the context of that was that they went into the Beit Knesset, I remember seeing it, and they locked all the doors. And they locked the windows and said, we're not moving. And the soldiers were given instructions to go in and they had to kick the doors in. That was the context. Now, Moreno Verabeno, Ravaron Lichtenstein, Zechitzat Livrocha, 
wrote a comment to this psak. And there were other comments since written, but he wrote the following comment. Listen to genius. He said the following. He said, in the Rambam, it's unclear what destructive behavior means. And in Halacha, he says, it's me'upal. Me'upal means, it's a, it, not only is it unclear, it's hidden. It's like, we don't know exactly what it means. But he thinks, he said, is it possible to say that if somebody goes, not because he intends to destroy, but like the Ramoy intends to do a good thing. That's the building happens to be a good thing. But he intends to do a good thing. From his perspective, he's fulfilling orders in order to remove them so that there can be some kind of peaceful resolution or some, I don't know what. Whether it happened, it didn't happen. But from his perspective, Zeloma says donit. It's not a it's not an act of destruction. He's doing it because he thinks he's doing the right thing. If he's doing the right thing. Then maybe we could say that he's allowed to do it. It's not destructive. Now, they left it. They followed the psak, which was set out by Rav Shapir. They did not destroy them. Did they do the right thing or the wrong thing? I don't know. I think it was certainly very disturbing to see the scenes afterwards. This was also the case, by the way, with Jericho, with the synagogue that they left by Kevel Yosef, who was also destroyed and set fire to, and they also left it. But I think that it was out of consideration to the Shita of the Yerim, out of consideration, there may have been also political considerations that I'm not aware of, but be that as it may, we are where we are. The limit from this is that the Kedusha of a Beit Knesset and of a Beit Midrash is either one of two things, notwithstanding the Ramban. Either Doraita or Drabon. And therefore, when you're in the Beit Knesset, when you're in the Beit Midrash, treat it with respect. That means dressing respectfully when we come in. Now I'm doing the mashgiach thing, right? Dress respectfully when you come in. Behave respectfully when you come in. Don't shout from there to there. Unless you're giving a shit. Right? There should be mora mikdash. There should be some kind of understanding. According to all the Rishonim, even the Ramban, this is the place of the Shina. Okay? Gentlemen, those of you who have questions or I haven't answered yet, are welcome to come to me. Those of you who are not, are welcome to go. Oh, yeah.